0: This is the John Clayton Show
1: on 710 ESPN Seattle.
0: Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host,
2: the
1: professor,
2: John Clayton. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Jet. Jet, how are you?
3: And now we go to Roger Goodell, live Uh in New York. And now, with the first-round pick, in the 2018 NFL Draft, we have selected quarterback from Western Kentucky, Mike White. <laughs> Mike White, Mike White, Mike White, Mike White, Mike White, Mike White. How, how did yeah. you
2: like his comments? Like, I mean, hey, he's had some good success. He surprised everybody. But to come out and say, I should have been a first-round pick, it's like, come on, man. What are you talking about? Nobody knew who Mike White was. <laughs> And most people still don't. They still don't um, no. <laughs> Uh
3: You got to love the moxie. Um, and it I don't. I don't like copy.
2: it. I, I I think it's too uh, uh, too um, bold, and you know I, I just don't like it. Yeah.
3: Well, look, we got way bigger problems than that. So I'm not going to sit here and yeah. uh, and critique it for too long. I just think it's good copy, and uh, yeah. you know, in the middle of a dark, dreary November with a team that is just you know, playing like dr jekyll and mr hyde you know at this point we'll take anything and uh we'll tune into the next week's soap opera and see what we get
4: mm-hmm.
3: um it's it's certainly entertaining it's gonna be i tell you one thing john this is gonna be a season to remember i mean nobody's gonna remember anything from no. the uh from from they had gaze era except you know the, the heartburn and misery that it caused and in his eyeballs and his
2: in eyeball, his, his eyeballs
3: yeah well yeah that too um but other than that, uh, uh, you know, this is going to be a year to remember.
4: Uh-huh.
3: Uh, it's certainly been entertaining. Um, and hopefully it'll be productive. And I, I think it will be. We're, we're seeing the evolution of a lot of, uh, rookie, uh, uh, endeavors, not just on the field, but also in the, in the press box and uh, on the coaching staff on the sideline as well. So, I, uh, I, I it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch this thing grow the rest of the way. And the other thing that's going to be interesting is, don't forget, the Jets still have to play the Dolphins twice. Right. They've got Houston lined up, and they've got the Jags lined up. Mm-hmm. So these teams are going to be battling for draft picks uh, the rest of the way. But more specifically, it's going to be interesting to watch these teams line up against each other just to see – you know, how they match up, how they compare. Oh, they play Philadelphia too. Yeah, yeah. These are all you know these are all teams in similar situations. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they pan out against each other so we get a better gauge as to where each of these teams are in their rebuilding process. So it's gonna be interesting second half of the
4: year.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, because, again, it's like, uh, you know, it's. It, I wouldn't call it a season to remember if you're talking about Jets and Jaguars and something like that. But, uh, you know, it, it, they you can see that, you know, they're, they're starting the rebuilding process. I mean, what have you liked so far of some of the young guys that have appeared on the Jets team?
3: Well, I think you got to like both Michael Carters. Yeah, um,
2: running back and quarterback. Michael
3: Carter, Michael Carter, too, has held up very well on the corner. Yeah, uh, and He's played quite well, um, and he's been a very pleasant surprise. Uh, and Michael Carter on offense um, is really – now, you know, I don't think he's going to be your bell cow, all right? And I don't think anybody thought he was going to be your bell cow running back, you know, when they drafted him. Mm-hmm. But he's certainly going to be a solid NFL back. He's going to be a complimentary back. Uh, and he's a guy that, you know, he does what he thought, everybody thought he could do. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um he's doing a good job finding the holes now and you watch him progress I think you're also watching the offensive line progress of course but you know everything seems to be getting more in sync he's doing a better job finding the holes squirting through the line uh, and for a little guy he's not afraid to take anybody head on uh, and he's he, you know he's improving catching the ball out of the backfield much like you see Elijah Moore um, breaking out a little bit I think in part because uh you know, uh, Wilson was kind of keyed in on on, on Davis, and uh, uh, Mike White is spreading the ball around more and more. And, uh, and I also think Elijah Moore is becoming a little bit more comfortable. I think they're giving him a little bit bigger role. And uh, you can see this kid, he's got a fifth gear, mm-hmm. and he seems very elusive, and uh, he's getting open more and more frequently. And when they get him the ball, you can see where uh, this kid's going to be a playmaker. So this is one thing. I like about the Jets this year that they're getting playmakers, um, which they have not had no. for how long now, you know. So I, I think that's a very nice step. I think Joe Douglas is going to end up with a pretty solid draft. Uh, so I think those three stand. Oh, the other thing is Elijah Vera Tucker. Yeah, he's really progressed uh, the you know, the past four or five weeks, and he's just learning more and more. And this kid's going to be a player. So I'm hoping when you know about what about three weeks maybe when Bechtin gets back and they can finally get these guys playing next to each other, mm-hmm. I think mean, that's going to be a fun tandem to watch. Uh, so I think they're starting to put an offensive line together. But, again, it's incredible how much better the offensive line can look when you've got a quarterback that knows what the heck he's doing with the ball, gets it out and gets it to where it's supposed to be on time, and that opens everything else up. And uh, the running game has improved because of it as well. So I think certainly on offense you've got some real nice new new um, additions And then there's defense. Yeah, Um, you know, like I said, in the backfield, the kids have held up well. You know, Bryce Hall has been playing well. Right. Um, uh, Guidry has has come in. The free agent from last year has come in and he's played well. Um, And some of the other kids, uh, Eccles and uh, uh, he's played well also. So you know, everybody was saying, "Geez, we've got fifth, sixth, seventh round picks back there," but these kids are holding up. Uh, The the, the backfield has not been the problem. what I'm a little sad about is, uh, you know, with I mean both the uh, the safeties that they drafted that they try are trying to bulk up into linebackers, have basically just gotten you know whiffled. Um, they were out of position. It was obvious they clearly weren't sure what the heck they were supposed to be doing. And both of them, their lack of size uh, quickly caught up to them, uh, size and strength. You know, trying to play linebacker, they're just, neither one was just not ready for it. Um, so I'm hoping they'll continue with the experiment, but they've got to give that one more time to grow. And then the defensive line, you know, uh, I don't know what to make of it, John. I really yeah. don't. It, it seems that the talent is there, but ever since they, uh, they, they put the smackdown on Denver with that seven-sack game, uh, they've pretty much been neutralized. Now, I know, you know Bryce Huff's gotten hurt, which is kind of a bit of a problem. Um, but again, I'm just sitting there thinking, what would this line actually have been and this defense would have been with Carl Lawson, you know, actually playing?
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: I think that could have freed up a lot of things, but you know, cut it any way you want. Um, CJ Mosley has been phenomenal. Uh, but, um, you know, outside of that in the, in the middle there, boy, they're, they're, uh, they've got, it. they, they need help.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: they need help at the linebacker spot. Um, that's got to be a priority. That, and I'd, I'd get a tight end.
2: No doubt. I mean, it's like they, they never seem to address the tight end position. Never.
3: No, not since Mickey Shuler. No. Well, actually, um, the guy from Colorado, uh, the zone breaker that uh, Schottenheimer refused to use as a zone breaker, uh, well, or was it Missouri? Um, oh, I can't come up with his name. Um, that was in the Ryan years. But anyway, outside of that, uh, no, it's been a good 10, you know, 10, 12 years. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: I mean, they drafted Herndon, but outside of that, I mean, they they really haven't addressed it. And, you know, I think that's been a bit of a problem that uh, the quarterbacks haven't had that safety valve, you know, in the middle of the field. Um, They can get around that now. They got some playmakers. They can dump the ball out, uh, you know, on the flats and whatnot. But it's a problem. But, again, it's another piece of the puzzle they need to address. And you can't address everything in one or two years. So it's still the work in progress. But that's something they need to do. Um, but anyway, I, so there's there's some encouraging signs. I mean, what do you make of it?
2: I mean, I think there's encouraging. and uh, But, again, it just kind of shows you the way this league is right now, is that every team, even the good teams, are vulnerable to whatever. And I don't know if it's a matter that I mean, you know, you didn't have the preseason for some of these teams. I don't know if it's a matter that uh, you know the cap right now has affected so many teams that really, when you look in the big picture, nobody has been able to really add a lot of real good players. You know, because I mean, you look at free agency and you know, tell me who who had the big stash in free agency that uh, did it? Because again, a lot of the, a lot of the free agents, like you mentioned, like Carl Lawson, was a great acquisition but he's on injury reserve for the entire season. And so it's like, uh, you know, of the big free agents, you know, haven't worked out and I don't know what what it is, but uh, you know, it get, does give teams like the Jets and Jacksonville to be able to sometimes come up and get an upset or two.
3: Yes. I, I think uh, a lot of it is um, lack of depth. Yeah. And I think a lot of that's caused by the salary cap issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think teams that have spent a lot and have big contracts, really get hurt because you know more than anything football is a game of attrition right and uh, you got to have the depth you don't have the depth you got to have that next man up mm-hmm. and you know you see teams I think are more, more quickly going or missing that next man up or that because now you're going through the second third and some places fourth I mean look at the, the Jets linebackers um, so I, and I think the 17 game schedule is really going to expose that also I also think a bit of the problem is I don't think these guys train well. Uh, I don't think they train well for football with the, the way the preseason has gone. And I don't think these guys are in football shape, uh, coming into the season.
4: No, I agree. And
3: unfortunately, I think we're seeing, you know, September become the new preseason, but also I think you're still seeing these guys getting in football shape and it leads to a lot of injuries, uh, you know, cut it any way you want. Um, You've got to be in football shape to play this game and to play it at at, at 100% speed. And I don't think these guys are are, are well-conditioned to play football, a full game of football Mm -hmm. coming into the first game of September. And I think that's costing them.
2: Right. I, I, I would tend to agree with that. You because, know, again, it's like, uh, I mean, you can just see that, uh, you know, teams fade. You know, they'll, they'll have one good week, one bad week, and then sometimes they'll have a, just a terrible week. And you kind of wonder, what is going on here? Because, again, it's like, because, you know, again, I, I was from the beginning of the week all through the week, people keep asking me, so who's going to the Super Bowl? And I say, I have no idea. I have no idea. You know, because, again, it's like, uh, you know, it's like you have to wait till the end to be able to figure it out. And we've never really had a season like this. Like, I'll ask you. So who's going to the Super Bowl? The Jets. <laughs> you know, they're they're going to go buy tickets in L.A. or whatever.
3: <laughs> Damn straight, man. They're going. Oh, I'm yeah. You. I'm, I'm living the dream here. I'm living the dream. Uh-huh. They're going to run the table. And with six losses,
2: they'll get in. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, certainly there have been a lot of six-win teams that have been able to uh, to make the playoffs like that.
3: Yeah. No, um, I think a real – you know, so many more teams are, develop, are uh, you know, uh, taking on the Bill Belichick approach. It's like, I don't really care about September. I'm learning my team, figuring out what they can do. Right. And then, you know, after Halloween, around Thanksgiving, once the calendar turns, now this is my team and we're going forward. Um of course, not every team, unfortunately, has the luxury
4: mm-hmm.
3: of spending 12 years playing against desolate teams from Buffalo, Miami, and New York, where you're guaranteed at least six or at least five or six wins, mm-hmm. you know, before you play anybody else. So the Patriots have had that chronic luxury, but more teams are adopting that, and uh, I think you're seeing that, for example, with Vrabel in Tennessee. Right. You know, uh, that team is evolving, and right. uh, they're improving. Of course, they had the big blow to Derrick Henry, but... You know, that's, I think another part of it is if you've got the infrastructure, and I think if, I think it's going to be interesting to watch, but I think if you see teams, I don't want to say playing a more simple game, but a more power game, uh, in other words, running teams, Mm -hmm. I think they may have more prolonged success than the teams with more complicated or fancy uh, offenses with a lot of moving parts, and you got to keep moving people in and out. Because, for example, I mean, if you got a solid running game, yeah, Derrick Henry's pretty good. But, you know, if you got guys opening holes, NFL running backs will find them. You know, and I, I you know, and I still say, you know, hey, Clark Gaines was a 1,000 yard rusher for the Jets. Mm-hmm. Kevin Long was a 1,000 yard rusher for the Jets. You know, this is back in the 14 game season, for God's sakes. Uh, you know, if you got a good offensive line, your running backs will run. Right. And, uh, I think we're kind of seeing that a little bit with Tennessee, mm-hmm. and that's going to be an interesting case study. Uh, obviously, you know Derrick Henry is very good, but uh, if they can continue offensively, you know that's a pretty simple team, and and it's also not a team unlike Baltimore, who is just heavily dependent on the run. Uh-huh. I mean, you got to be diversified to some extent, but if you're still playing that simple power football game, I think you'll make l you'll, you'll you'll survive the attrition problems a lot longer than. These other fancy teams,
2: no doubt about it. Hey, Jed, thank you for the phone call.
3: All right, take care, John. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Let's see how bad. Let's see how bad a beatdown we get this week.
2: Yeah, I know. Thank you. And eight. Our number is eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN John Clayton Show seven ten ESPN Seattle.
4: This is the
1: John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and
2: 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, two zero six four two one espn Let's go to Bob in Bothell. Hey, Bob.
1: Hey, John, thanks for taking my call. I just got a quick question about Chris Carson.
2: Yeah. I, I guess he's not going to be playing
1: this Sunday.
2: No, he's, he's, he's according to Pete Carroll, he's going to be a scratch and stay on injured reserve for another week. Even though he, he returned now, to practice on Wednesday.
1: Okay, now, um, do we know exactly the type of injury that he had on his neck? Was it a, a vertebrate, You know, being pinched or something like that? Because you know, as Chris Carson, he's a, a yeah. warhorse. you know? He if is. We can't. If we can't have him, I mm-hmm. don't think the Seahawks are going to go very far this season without a uh, a great running back like him. Uh-huh. And do you think this is going to change his? style of play if this neck injury is going to be persistent i
2: I can't imagine it changing his style of play but again it's like the matter is that i mean you got to be on the field to play and right now because of the sore neck he hasn't been able to be on the field i mean you figure it's pretty close naturally they're going to be pretty cautious about it because again it is a neck injury and apparently it's one Mm -hmm. that he's had for you know several years i mean we didn't know this until this year that the the neck had been bothering him and you know, some people think it goes all the way back to college when he suffered the injury. But, uh, yeah, it's a concern so that, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. And, uh, you know, it, but uh, it's, it's concerning. But I, I think that, uh, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he's back for the Arizona game.
1: Uh, do you think um, a week Cutting Penny, is Rashad Penny like done with the Seahawks?
2: You think after the season? Yeah, they're not cutting him, but again, he's after the season. They're I not, not cutting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's they're he's a free, he's a free agent. They didn't put the fifth year option on him, so uh, you figure he's gone.
1: And what about DK Metcalf? I'm, you know his contract's coming up. Is that yeah. coming up this year or next year?
2: Well, I mean, next year is going to be I mean, his. Fourth... I mean,
1: next year or yeah, the year next prior. year is
2: his fourth year, and is, you know, you can start negotiating after three years. And so, you know, we'll see if they start to do it next year. Because we'll, you know, right now, you know, they have a thir- little less than $13 million of cap room. And, uh, you know, I, th- I thought they would do something with Odell Beckham Jr., but they didn't. But, uh, you know, they can roll some things over into next year if they need to and then try to do something for next year. But, uh, you know, in the end, at some point, you know, he's going to get a $20-plus plus contract.
1: Do you think he wants to stay in Seattle? He made that yes. shot against you know against Russell Wilson about not you know having trust issues. I know that was a that was you could interpret it any way you want. Mm-hmm. I look at that as a shot at Russell Wilson. Hey, get me the ball more.
2: Yeah, but again, he go, he's going against the best cornerback on uh, whatever team he goes against. I mean, that's just part of the the nature of things. Uh, but uh, you know, in, in the end, it's like yeah, uh, you know, I, I still think that. He's going to, uh, you know, he wants to be here. He likes it here. I mean, he's you know, going to be a number one receiver for a long period of time, and he's one of the best young receivers in football. So I don't th- I don't see him going anyplace because, again, if you're Seattle, you can't let him go to place. He's too good. Exactly.
1: And my last question, John. Yeah. Um. Next season in the draft, and I hope we make the playoffs so we don't give a, yeah. a high draft pick to the Jets, what do you think the season Seahawks are going to be looking at and drafting and what position you think is the most critical the Seahawks should be drafting to help this team out. Well, two of Your them. Awesome. Your yeah. Thank you very much. Hey, sir. thank you.
2: Thank you, Bob. Bob uh, but uh, yeah, the two positions, obviously, they've got to look at the cornerback position. Uh, to see if they're okay there, but I think they also have to look on the offensive line because at some point you have to find that left tackle replacement for Dwayne Brown. So I would actually think that uh, you know offensive line is going to be more of the interest than anything else because I mean you got Brandon Shell, the right tackle. He's he's a free agent after the season. You know Ethan Posick's a free agent at center after the season. Uh, you got uh, you know uh, they got you know at least you know that Damian. Lewis and uh, Gabe Jackson are gonna be here because they've got contracts passed this season. But again, in the case of Dwayne Brown, who's unsigned, I mean, you know, uh, uh, you, you figure they gotta do something, getting some kind of a one year, two year deal with him. But again, at some point, you got to get that left tackle for the future. It's too important. I mean, left tackle is the most vital position on the offensive line. And even though Dwayne, I think, uh, you know, he admits that he's not having his best season, but again, he's still very good. You know, they need to do something in that regard. So I, I think that uh, you know, left tackle for the future is something. And again, if you're drafting right now, I mean, they are maybe drafting 10th or 11th, uh, and that's you know, pretty pretty good rich territory to get a pretty good offensive lineman and next year's offensive draft a draft is going to be that much better than this year's so i think that uh, that's got to be a consideration bob thank you let's go to risco in washington risco it's been a while we haven't talked to you risco hello yes risco
0: yes hey john how you been
2: good we missed you for the last couple weeks
0: yeah sorry i haven't been calling in Oh, So uh, I have some questions here. Go ahead. Will Aaron Rodgers play this week against the um,
2: Seahawks? Yes. I mean, he, he got in the building today. Uh, they've taken, taken him off the COVID-19 list. And so, yeah, he should be able to play. Uh, doesn't seem to be any complications from the 10 days. Uh, and so, you know, there's no symptoms or anything else. So he will be able to play tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Here's the Mariners' question for you. Yeah, who are the Mariners most likely going to sign in free agency right that, now?
2: That that I have no idea. I mean, you know, they had the uh, GM meetings uh, this week, and pretty much nothing got done league wide. And again, you know, nothing got done on the labor front. Trying to get a you know a, a labor deal with the union, you know, that's got to be a big concern. And you know, you you know that they've got to be looking at you know a pitcher or two, trying to get a high end type of pitcher to be able to come in here. They've got to look at third base to see if they need somebody there, or second base, one of the two there. And so th- I think those are the two main options right now. But uh, you know, I know Jerry Depota continues to say that he's going to be aggressive and try to you know they're going to pay people and all those stuff because again, you know, they lose two of their higher paid players, you know, they lose Cal uh, Seeger and Yucuchi. Uh, they're they're all gone and so those those guys have to be replaced and so those are the two areas that I think they're going to be looking at very very soundly.
0: And is there any update on Dwayne Escrich?
2: Yeah, I mean, he he, uh, he came off the injured reserve list yesterday, and so he's going to be available to be able to play tomorrow. How much? I don't think it's going to be a lot, but he is going to be available, and he will be on the field tomorrow You know, getting some action as a third receiver.
0: Thank you, John. Risco, and you're better
2: you. than Mel Kuyper. Oh, well, thank you so much, even though Mel's a such a good friend and have you known him for so many years. But, Risco, thank you for the phone call. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.
1: This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com.
2: And we are taking your phone calls. Uh, Dave Grosby joining us at 1030. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. bye week is over. Green Bay, and of course, giving you the update on Aaron Rodgers, uh, we find out a little bit more during the break. Okay, first off, uh, he has been activated off the COVID-19 list. He was in the building, and now we find out that he was asymptomatic. Uh, upon his return so you can definitely see that he's going to be starting for the packers tomorrow and going against russell wilson who yesterday came off the injured reserve list you know with his uh, index uh, with his middle finger of his right hand you know coming back from that much faster than anybody thought so uh should be interesting to see 866-979 espn 206-421 espn let's go to patrick in tacoma hey patrick
0: Hey, how's it going, John?
2: Good. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty well. I was just calling asking about uh, with Chris Carson out. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping maybe we would see maybe a little bit more Travis Homer because it seems like whenever Travis Homer touches the ball, he he does he's done something mm-hmm. this year, and he seems like he's bulked up a lot. Um. Um. And I was just wondering what your take might be
4: on
2: that. I, I still think Alex Collins is their best back after Chris Carson, and so I think you keep him out there. But yeah, I, I, maybe a little bit more of Travis Homer getting him some snaps, and DJ Dallas is also I think uh, pretty fa- fast and do some good things. But no, I think that you know a few extra carries for Homer would not be a bad idea.
0: And even like getting him uh, some screens or something like that, get him in the open field. It seems, it just yeah. seems like when he touches the ball this year, uh, it's different than in the past few years. So that that that's all I wanted to say.
2: Yeah. So I know I think that uh, you know he he definitely has some ability and all that stuff. You know I don't know if he's really the the best backup uh, running back. Uh, you know, obviously, he can do it. But again, it's like, a, I mean, like anything else, you're a young player. You're trying to grow, and you're trying to do the best you can for your team. And so we'll see how that all works out in the end. But again, it's like, uh, yeah, but they've got to run the ball. I mean, simple as that. I mean, if you can't have a running game, particularly with an offense like this, and, you know, the big problem is yeah, without the running games, they put themselves into too many uh, second and long, third and longs and things like that. And that's why they're one of the worst teams right now for thir- uh, third down conversions and one and, and the worst team as far as getting number of offensive plays because they're only getting like about 57 offensive plays a game. And that's lowest in the league. And so if you're throwing like 27 and a half passes a game and you're not getting the running game and the yards and that, I mean, that's why your offense is really stalled. So they've got to get a running game going. And I think you can maybe do that to a certain degree against the Packers. You know, they're they're good on the defensive line and, you know, they're not great at linebacker, although I think that uh, Devontae uh, or Devontae Campbell has done a good job as far as, uh, you know, helping out at the inside linebacker position. But, no, running the football is going to be an important part of tomorrow's game.
0: Um, I was also uh, – uh, this is just a, uh, yeah. a little different tangent. The um, OBJ thing, everybody was so obsessed with it. I'm an offensive lineman. I, yeah. I played in high school. but uh, And uh, they, I, I just think that the wide receiver position is way overvalued. And that it would, yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference for the Rams, and I don't think it's gonna uh, that it would have made that much of a difference for us.
2: Well, I mean, again, it's like, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it works out with the Rams. You know, but uh, you know, that means they're probably going to use a little bit three and four wide receiver sets. I mean, they use three receivers like 88 percent of the time. So that's one that you know that uh, is in their cards and what they do there. But, uh, you know, ultimately, I still think it's a matter that, uh, you know, you try to, you know, get the, you know, the the best. Because, again, if you would have had Odell Beckham Jr. with DK Metcalf and uh, Tyler Lockett, I mean, that's the best three receiver uh, unit in football, without question. And so it's like, if you go three receivers, you know, how are you going to match up? How are you going to find that third cornerback that can cover Beckham? You know, because, you know, those guys just pretty much aren't available. So uh, it would have been interesting to see, but, uh, you know, in the end it didn't happen. But one of the things that uh, I know, to your point... Uh, as a former offensive lineman, and a lot of general managers are like this, I mean, sure, I mean, you want the best you can at wide receiver, but you're right in sensing that uh, you don't want to do it at wide res- overdo it at wide receiver. That's why, you know, it's, it's a position that's of great value, but also one that, uh, I mean, if you have a choice between a wide receiver or a cornerback, you're usually going to take the, uh, the cornerback because they're harder to find than the wide receivers. But, yeah, I mean, you know, they're great values, but also it's one where, I mean, you can you know get by a little bit if you have just very decent ones. Like now, now New Orleans, I mean, you look at them and they got nothing at wide receiver, and they're going to continue to pay a price, I think, the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, th- uh, thanks, John. Uh, I just want to say uh, it's great to have uh, somebody in town that, uh, it seems like the voice of reason often when the national media um, uh, seems to go crazy about trading Russell Wilson and all that oh. stuff. And, and it's nice to hear what to, I always go back to John Clayton and get, he goes, calm down, guys. And I, I really enjoy that. And uh, thank you for, for everything that you do, man.
2: Uh, Patrick, I thank you very much. Uh, Patrick, thank you. 979 ESPN. Two zero six four two one ESPN. Let's go to Brandon in Arlington. Hey, Brandon.
1: Hey, John. How's it going? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Just uh, thinking about Russell Wilson's finger and you know being streamlined and sound like his doctor. You know, performed Drew Brees and other Steph Curry and a lot of other people. And I know he's got more work ethic than anybody else in the league. Uh huh. But when it comes to seeing him play today, coming that quick off the injury reserve, do you think it's going to – or tomorrow. Do you think it's going to be treated as like a preseason where he plays two quarters and then we throw, you know, back it back in? Or do you think he's going to try – I mean, no, Russ will want to play the whole game. But, I mean, I just don't know how they're going to treat this with it being so quick. Do you think we just
2: see him for half the game? No. I mean, you know Russell. I mean, you know Russell – Right. I mean, even his doctor – Uh, Ended up saying that this was the worst uh, finger injury he's ever seen for for an athlete, and you know because he thought it was going to be an eight week recovery period and all that stuff. And here's Russell, you know, coming back so quickly. And in the end, it's like uh, you know Russell is uh, you know it's like and you know how much he wants to play, how dedicated it is. Do you think that he's going to come off the field at halftime or no? There's no way. I mean he's going to play the whole game unless there's another injury or something like that, he's playing the whole game.
1: Exactly. Do you think there's going to be any definitive difference in his game that we're going to be able to see as a spectator? Or it's, uh, I have a feeling it's going to be norm- normal for us to go out there and just make it happen.
2: I, I just wonder, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it, is he going to concentrate a little bit more on throwing shorter-type passes with timing and stuff like that? Because, again, it's like, you know, trying to grip the football, and he admits that the finger's not 100%. He said it's pretty close, but it's not 100%. Is that, you know, gripping the football for down-the-field throws and stuff like that, that might be a little bit difficult. But in the end, I think that you can see that, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, he he should be okay because, you know, he's got, you know, big hands uh, and you know it's like uh, uh you you know how good he is as far as throwing the football and all those different things so Correct. i think there'll be a little bit of an adjustment in his game but i also think in the end that you know he'll still do a pretty good job because he's Russell Wilson i mean you're talking about a guy that has played through injuries all through the time and uh you know never never complained about it. I still remember that time, what was it? 216 or whatever it was that uh you know he started the season with an injury, then he gets the MCL injury and he still went back uh-huh. to, and he and he came back and continued to play. And so it's like uh, that's just his nature, but I think that you're going to see you know the best of Russell Wilson. I mean, again, he may be a little bit off, but not completely off. Exactly.
1: Well, thank you, John. I appreciate everything you do there
2: okay thank you very much 866-979-ESPN Two zero six four two one espn John Clayton Show 710 ESPN Seattle this is the John Clayton
1: Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com
2: wow big story out of Los Angeles and the Rams Robert Woods starting wide receiver for the uh, Rams has torn his ACL did it in practice yesterday And now he's out for the season. And, of course, this happened, you know, on the day that they technically signed Odell Beckham Jr. Now, obviously, they didn't know that uh, Woods was going to be unavailable uh, when they reached an agreement with Beckham. Because, again, it's like this happened on Friday, happened in Friday's practice and all that stuff. But he is done for the year which is a big loss for the Rams because obviously the idea for the Rams is that they wanted to add Beckham to the receiving mix, you know, with Van Jefferson and everybody else, they wanted to go three and four receivers. Uh, And and now they can go three receivers, but they can't go four receivers because they don't have him. But what a big blow to the, uh, you know, the Los Angeles Rams in the sense that now uh, Beckham is done for the season with a torn ACL suffered in yesterday's practice. So uh, that's big news out of Los Angeles and of course the news out of Green Bay is that Aaron Rodgers has been taken off the COVID-19 list. He's cleared to be able to uh, play and looks like he will be able to play. But man, that is just absolutely huge to see that uh, you know Robert Woods is going to be out for the year for the Rams. But uh, Rodgers is back but Robert Woods will not be back the rest of the season torn ACL that's a big setback for the Rams 866-979-ESPN 206-421-ESPN let's go to Jeff hey Jeff how are you
5: hey John hey hey first off go Cougs there you go as always uh-huh big game today
2: yeah, because again, it's season. like uh, it puts them in a position to, you know, maybe set up to, uh, you know, have a chance to, you know, be in a great position in this division, and uh, you know, I have to
5: to win the north.
2: Yeah, to we win knock the north, off the ducks. Right. Right. Yeah,
5: we knock off the ducks and the dogs. We win the north. Uh-huh. But uh, what I call about is watching that Coug basketball team last night. Um, after my ninety win. Prediction with the Mariners. My uh-huh. next one's going to yeah, be. By the way, that, w- that was a
2: great prediction. By the way, nobody. Nobody. I would even have to think that if you go to uh, Jerry Depoto, he wouldn't even believe that.
5: I believed it even with you know even after the injuries to uh, that's with the injuries to yeah. Paxton and uh, you know Marco. That's the amazing part. But um, yeah, this that Cook team. Damn, they look good. My prediction is they're going to tear up the Pac-12. They're going to win the North. They're going to lose to USC in the Pac-12 tournament final. Mm-hmm. They go into the Big Dance and they make it to the Sweet 16. And if they get the right break, you know, no injuries or anything, they could make it to the Elite Eight.
2: Wow! What 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 so that what, just, ma- what makes that Coug basketball team so good?
5: The coaching. Okay. The 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 hustle, the defense, um, the energy,
4: uh-huh.
5: uh, the big guys that they got. Those two big guys. Uh, Gay Day and uh, Abadigi, or however you say his name, mm-hmm. those two guys. I mean, they got to, they got to the, the nice penetrate, kick, and shoot. Where they can get the big guy, get the ball inside. They double down. They kick it out to the three pointer. He hits that shot, and if not, you got the guys crashing the boards. And they've got the talent. I mean, they got the depth. Watching that game last night, the way coach could just put guys in and out, just almost seamlessly.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: So, I mean, they got big, strong guys, a lot of depth, a lot of talent, and this team is going to go far this year.
2: Uh, it's good. I mean, it's good for the state, there's no doubt about that. To see this uh, Washington State team, and also even the football team being so good. Of course, the great the great part is is that you hear them, you know, here on 710 ESPN Seattle, because we're the you know Washington State out one of the Washington State outlets uh, for for the shows and all that stuff, and that's that's great. But uh, no, I, I think it's it's great because again, it's like you know Washington State basketball has been down for the last couple of years. Now the chance for it to come up and do good things, I think, is great. And also, it's like it's like now on the the other side, what, what, do you, what do you think was going to happen uh, with the Husky football team and the coaching?
5: Oh, he's fired. Yeah. They're going to suck. I'm looking forward to this Apple Cup <laughs> final. <laughs> we would got imagine. rid of Leach. We got rid of Leach. We're going to have a whole different mindset on this team when it comes to the Apple Cup. And we're going to kick some dog butt. You, you didn't like Bottom Leach? Line, what, what
2: didn't you huh? like about Leach?
5: I didn't like his attitude. I didn't like his, his focus on my way or no way, the air raid offense. um, What I didn't like about them was a couple years ago, we played Oregon State. Oregon State had the worst run defense in in the nation or close to it, but they had a pretty good pass defense. And Leach, just being Leach, it's like I'm going to go air raid. I don't care if the other team can't stop the run. We're going to go with what we do as opposed to adapting and taking advantage of what the other team's weakness is, and you run that ball down their throat because that's when we had that Williams kid uh-huh. who could just run the ball like crazy. But Leach, you know, his arrogance, and his you know, that's one thing I didn't like about Leach was his arrogance and his lack of ability to adapt. It's always his way, his air raid, mm-hmm. you know, and he cost us games, and plus, we never beat the Huskies. The whole time he's here, no Husky wins, and we didn't win any bowl games. So that's what kicked me off about Leach. I didn't care mm-hmm. about him. And I'm glad we got rid of him. I'm like, Too bad Rolovich is gone. But hopefully this Dickert guy can step up and do the job. And hopefully he might be their next coach if he wins out. And, you know, we oh, make yeah. it to a bowl. We win a bowl. And, hey, John, I was watching um, an old movie from the 1920s or 30s. And they had, the uh, like, it was pro football Showing um, the players like Red Grange and all these other right. guys, and just watching no face masks, leather helmets, and the way they tackled. But what I really liked was they were always lateraling the ball. Mm-hmm. The guy got tackled. There was always somebody there close by, and he was looking to lateral it. I just I wish I wish some coach would start putting that into their offense, especially like with the quarterbacks running, like with Wilson. Is he attracts so? When he takes off, he attracts so many people that when they zone in on him before he slides, he just looks. There's Lockett or somebody. Just pitch that ball out and let him go. Yeah, I just like to see that. Yeah, the only the only problem is
2: is that that risks a turnover because you know if the uh, back or wide receiver or whoever's there uh, isn't ready for it, then the ball goes on the ground and you have a turnover and you don't want to have turnovers.
5: No, but the whole idea is they're supposed to be ready for it. They're supposed to be looking for, well, it. Suppo- 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 for. it.
2: Yeah, but supposed to doesn't mean it's going to be executed that way.
5: Well, if you do it enough time and practices and with the and the way the athletic ability of the players is today, mm-hmm. um, I think it's something that some offensive quarters should start doing or look into uh, because it just to me it frustrates me seeing not taking advantage you know, instead of a guy trying to block somebody that's a useless block, hang out to the left or the right and just look for that lateral. Mm-hmm. And the guy that's going down before he goes down, just pitch that ball out. So that's just my feeling, John. And once again, go Cougs, beat the damn Ducks.
2: There you go. Jeff, thank you for the phone call. 866 espn 206 espn Dave Grosby joining us at 1030. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.